You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 91st program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet and today, for the first time in our now almost two years, I'll be the only one to speak to you today. Jennifer, our usual co-host, is actually staying or has been staying in Castlemaine and the Bendigo area for a few days collecting materials for a future few programs of Think Again. Why Castlemaine, you may ask? Well, several years ago in 2015, Borderlands, a new community and a couple of other local organisations and people were involved with a strong group of local activists organising a conference, Local Lives, Global Matters, that attracted something like 300 people and showcased a lot of ecologically and economically and community development alternatives, activism and a strong attempt to connect all these initiatives together. And Jennifer will be talking again with people from Bendigo Beehive, who who I interviewed actually a couple of weeks ago or probably now a month ago. So stay tuned for an ongoing invitation to think again with us about other ways of living and uh, more sustainable ways of living. But today, as I'm on my own, I like to reflect uh, on the release of two Royal Commission reports, one federal on aged care and its rather careless ways, and one on Victorian Uh, in Victoria State, on the state mental health system and its many shortcomings and failings. So again, to introduce and to start with, allow me to wonder again about two things. First, what's going on that we seem to need so many royal and not so royal commissions, inquiries and reviews across so many sectors of our institutional and policy landscapes and setups? Would that not indicate somehow that we're in a bit of a spot of trouble as a whole society and system and that looking at parts or elements of it that have become scandalously defect will probably just be fussing about symptoms rather than look at the underlying causes or in a more holistic way. My second reflection on that is what is the thing about invoking the royals when things are really getting hairy? Does it suggest that we can't do it by our, or on our own as an independent society now pretending to be so for the last 120 years? Or that we can't find someone or something independent and sage enough to internally help us with these hairy things? So I'm just wondering. 
So now to the first of those royal commissions and their reports. The Federal Royal Commission into Aged Care, which has started in about 2018 and finally came to deliver, as we now call it. I had rather mixed feelings when Tuesday's Age front page had Merle Mitchell uh, smiling into the camera under a title that the coalition needs to step up in aged care fix. That's the quote. Merle has been a friend and a co-activist for justice and equality ever since I came to Australia in 1985. She was at the Springvale Legal Centre and a community neighbourhood house. She became head of ACOS, the Australian Council on Social Services, and was in so many activist engagements. And now in aged care herself, she is saying, and I quote, if we can't get it fixed now, then we've lost the chance for my generation and generations that are to come. We have to spend the money now, and it will take a lot of money. But I think, she said, people are prepared to pay for it. Unquote. Now, the report is about 2,800 pages with 148 recommendations and interestingly is has has one of those recommendations is a divided opinion by the two commissioners who were running the uh, investigation and it was a divided opinion about a rather important recommendation who is going to have final oversight of whatever governments ngos and the private sector come up with when they try to follow up on Merle's expression of faith that the need a change will have a chance of happening. One commissioner thinks, for example, that in addition to a new aged care act, more based on human rights, uh, and also to do the way away with a rather, again, the rather reductionist uh, aged care act, which was established by the Howard's government, that it needs to be that one commissioner says, an independent authority. The other commissioner disagrees and thinks that it should be the health department as it is now. So to start with, and myself being in the vicinity of Merle's age, why would I and my needs have to be dealt with by the health department when I'm not sick? Being oversighted by the health department would make us all as we come of age, rather sickly, almost automatically, don't you think? Ever thought about the influence of that institutional label of health department on anything which is developed to respond to our interests and our needs, or to enable us to express our ideas, our contributions to the well-being of society, and yes, of humankind and our ecology? So I'd rather not be called sick when I do that. Without having read the 2,800 pages, I'm quite sure that there is scant attention for the role of the elderly, of elders, in a society like ours and in our communities and organizations. Listen, we're not dead yet and have been urged to live longer lives because high life expectancy is a characteristic, it seems, and it has been yes, said repeatedly, it's a characteristic of civilized and industrialized and developed countries. So why are we then 
when we do live that long life, assisted and urged to live longer when the only thing looked at in this whole investigation is that caring, that they are caring of and for us when we're sick or almost dead and that there doesn't seem to be anything else to support us with. The focus on aged care and all the carelessness is being criticised and exposed in these pages certainly has not helped to improve the care in the aged care centres in Melbourne hit by COVID after it was actually already known from the New South Wales experiences that there was actually a disaster waiting to happen. But with the hindsight we now have, it's easier to criticise Premier Andrews, of course, for not stopping the spread, rather than that the entirely vulnerable state of caring in such centres, which is a federal responsibility, and which are centres which are exploited for private profit and made even more vulnerable by spending cuts, is actually a federal responsibility. So I remain a bit less optimistic than Merle, I have to admit, but I hope with her against all historical lessons. But I have to say that the way in which um, our Prime Minister responded to some of the questions by the journalists when he was waving with one of the volumes of that report, recently, I think on Tuesday it was, uh, and he basically was doing his usual ducking and weaving and saying that they would just examine it and he can't comment now. So we'll now have some music so that I can catch my ageing breath. We'll be listening to Beautiful Hairy Cow by Mick Turner and that will be followed by a promo. <laughs>
Oh, typical of a man in the Western system. Like, hello, you know, all stories may, may be important, but at the end of the day, Invasion Day, you can't compare that to the First Fleet because Invasion Day was the start of the dispossession, murder, massacres and the total annihilation of some people on a continent that had existed since time immemorial. So Scott Morrison, if he really wants to leave this country, he needs to shut his mouth in regards to those comments and really understand that Australia Day cannot be celebrated. It is a day of mourning for our people and they would not celebrate the Holocaust. You know, so I don't understand how that is any different than what our people went through because the genocide continues today. Like Scott Morrison really needs to take a step back and listen to the voices on the ground because he's really ignorant in my view. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3CR, no, not live, streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm reflecting on a few important things which are happening on a Victorian and national level, including the release of reports of two royal commissions. And I'm on my own, Jennifer being... Uh, carousing around the countryside. We talked about the federal level Royal Commission into aged care just before, or I talked about it. And I'll have a little bit of a think again about the Royal, the Victorian Royal Commission into men, the mental health system. I have to admit that, the, and I have, I have to say that I have read more of that one. It is certainly not happy reading. And I can say that because I have been active in some way in that s sector, as we now call these areas of concern, since about 50 years. First of all, growing up in a family member, having deep depression. Uh, then during my social work studies in the, early, in the early 60s in Belgium, particularly also doing some placements in institutions. Then becoming part of the deinstitutionalization and community therapy movements during the 70s. Then taking part later in some community mental health connections here in Australia, especially during the post in deinstitutionalization era. Um, I'm talking particularly in about the late 80s, early 90s, to the mid yet up to the mid-90s, and then being involved finally with Marinda Epstein, writing and publishing material for our consumer place, which is a uh, advocacy sp space for people with uh, mental, uh, mental Ill illness. And I've done that for the last, together with her, for the last six or so years. And all of those learnings really have been helpful remaining an engaged ob observer of the going-ons in the mental health sector. So overall, I do have to agree with the report that the mental health system, or systems really, have catastrophically failed to live up to the expectations and were underprepared for current and future challenges 
as it introduces itself and as it was introduced by the person uh, commenting in public when it was uh, released. So what is my reaction to this? I certainly am pleased to see the focus on early intervention and on well-being supports. But I would really have liked more recognition of the recent history of systemic developments in the mental health sector because the deinstitutionalization movements and the closing down of institutions was then insufficiently complemented by the strengthening or by strengthening the community-based and localized community health services. Rather, as economic rationalism then moved in from the mid-90s onwards, early to mid-90s, and restructured the public health system, Melbourne and Victoria lost a lot of really good community-based centres. We have been talking about this a lot in, in lo lots of time in our previous programmes anyway. But what that did, what was happening systemically, was that the system got what I call re-hierarchized, if that is a word. Uh, that means with uh, a hierarchical system around existing hospitals and with medical people being on top of that hierarchy. So bringing it back, bringing the local community mental health centers back under the control of the medical model and away from the so-called social model of health. So increasing medicalization and pharmaceuticalization, privatization, recentralization were the results. So I say that again, medicalization, pharmaceuticalization, if that is a word, but we need to find new words for describing what we are experiencing anyway. Privatization of this of the, becoming a very big part of the system and really a recentralization were the results. And that has also become very clear in the reactions to the COVID uh, situation in Victoria. But what that did was, uh, what was dropping in that process was attention really for the relational aspect of illness and health, both in terms of what's wrong with people and in terms of developing healing and prevention processes and relationships. The report highlights the missing middle, those whose needs are too complex to be dealt with either through primary care, but not severe enough to require entry <coughs> into clinical or crisis services. <coughs> Sorry. It also addressed the difficulty in, nav in navigating services. That means moving through the various things, the various offered services, as you move through the phases of your illness uh, and of your betterment. And the need to support that takes into account not just health, but all aspects of a person's well-being. So I very much agree with recommendations made in that Royal uh, Commission Support, uh, report, some of them very, very high on the commissioner's list, calling for localized mental health and well-being services. That certainly, as you may have uh, heard in many of our previous programs, on very high on our list. And that those services, local services, would be delivered in partnership with public health services and non-government organizations that deliver or can offer or organize well-being supports. It calls for between 50 and 60 new localized services across the state. 
and they need to be equipped to support Victoria's diverse communities. All good stuff, in my opinion. And dear listeners, do help us to remind the government of the need for funding and infrastructure in report of community development, or as we like to call it, the development of community as a preventative and healing process. There's also a strong emphasis on the recommendation of attracting, uh, attracting training and retraining and retaining an ongoing professional and human development of staff. That means particularly also to include in that training an increased understanding of the social and indeed ecological factors conditioning and maintaining mental health. Particularly also we now know the worry around ecological change which is even, even affecting young people. Finally, there is a big job to be done. And uh, there is really, what well, is really rather limited attention for this in the report, uh, in, the, in the five volumes of the report, is the education of everyone in what mental health and illness really mean. Uh, I think public education is really, I think, a little bit of a missing point in the report. But I'm reading Paul Verhage's book, uh, Paul Verhage is a Belgian psychiatrist and his book uh, appeared uh, in, uh, in, in Australia in 2014. It's titled, What About Me? The Struggle for Identity in a Market-Based Society, published by Scribe. And I will add that into the, uh, under the website. And he does certainly a good job in helping us wonder what mental health in a mad or mad-making society really means and what we can really do about it. And we should also listen, finally, to that point, to mad people and take their understandings of what makes them mad very, very seriously. And we need to listen to what they think about the powers and ideologies of a society that condemns them to be excluded in so many ways or to be badly treated in so many ways. They are very important canaries canaries yeah to let us know that we are driven that we, that we've been driven in our societies and institutions well beyond healthy and on that note we listen to another promo slavery is back welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labor force Yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. After my reflections on the two Royal Commission reports, just some thinking about all the drama about, around presumably important men's rather awful behaviours vis-à-vis the women they work with, or just in general, about men's ways of dealing with the women in their lives, or those they work with or otherwise are relating with. We certainly will come back to this issue in future programmes rather than wait for a next Royal Commission and hoping that that will not delay real action and change, which probably a Royal Commission could do be easily suspected of being instituted for because I have that kind of a mild suspicion that uh, governments and other organisations really call for one of these commissions or a review when they are reluctant to start doing some things about the problems they already know anyway or about the problems which many, many people have been pointing out before but which obviously were not palatable to them. So please keep reminding all of our politicians of what needs doing. And given what I just mentioned before, of what should stop being done. And do the same with all other men in positions of command, positions of power, who think that such powerful positions offer them all manner of additional privileges. Surely we have come too far for needing to discuss our state that not all men are violent, or that everyone can be violent, which really, if you think about it, is a rather sad version of the all lives matter, cop out and denial to do really important things about racism. The same applies to doing important things about sex and gender discrimination. Thanks for listening to Think Again on just to me alone uh, uh, this week on 3CR Community Radio. Remember, if you do want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's programme, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programmes are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org org.au. As you certainly have noticed, since a few weeks we have a new introductory piece of music which is called Living by Number and is composed by Adam Simmons and performed by the Arcos Symphonic Ensemble. We would also like again Clive Bourne for providing technical support and the music, including the new introductory tune. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. And to bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yothu Yindi. I've been-